Hello everybody and welcome back to the RIP to our podcast. I am your tour guide Gary. Um, we have a very, very special show planned for you guys today. Not just a show, we have a whole series which could literally take us a year to finish. That's right guys, we are doing a Horror Nights history series where we are going to be talking about each show in depth, talking about prices. We are going to get um, accounts from people who have been there and hopefully a few special guests along the way. But before we get dug in, let me introduce you to my other tour guides. Tim, how are you doing? Good morning, everyone. It's um, grosser than gross outside. Uh, the humidity is terrible, so good luck today at the park, Luke. Oh, yeah. Yeah, humidity <laughs> has been not fun. <laughs> no, it's your typical August, nasty Florida, oh, yeah. hot humidity weather. So, and meanwhile, meanwhile, yeah, it's like 46 degrees. <laughs> oh, yeah, my. but is that 46 our 46 or your 46? Yes. No, if, if it, it was, was my 46, 46, I would die. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> be like 200 degrees, right? Yes, correct. So it's, I always convert it to make it easier for you guys. Okay, I appreciate that. I wish it was 46 degrees here. I could uh, use that. No, thanks. What? <laughs> I am not no. a fan of cold weather. Oh, man. Just give me... I just want to be able to wear a hoodie and shorts. Like, just... You yeah. Know, or yeah. how about 60 degrees? Give like, me, like, yeah, degrees? like a nice 65 with the sun out, you know. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, guys, are you excited for, for today's show? Woo! Does that answer your question? I, what What are we... I, what? What is so exciting about this show? I don't understand. Okay. So Tim's been, been under, under a rock, rock Tim. Nice, yeah, scary. We, we, we've only been planning. <laughs> we've only been planning this for about two months. I want to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm just kidding. Come on. <laughs> so, um, guys, we have we have spent like two months planning this in in the format that we're going to do. We've done some trial runs. We've we've practiced and stuff. Um, which I know it's just meant to be a fun podcast, but we want to make it the best for you guys. We know Horror Nights 30 is being postponed until next year, so we want to want to give you guys something fun to listen to, to fill that void in in the Horror Nights community. Um, so we hope you enjoy it. So in order to go back in the past Halloween Horror Nights events, we need to go back in time. But how do we do it? Oh, I have no idea. Guys, 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 there's only one guy to call for this. Oh, you're thinking Doc Brown with less bar the DeLorean. I got you, Tim. I got you. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> no, 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 no. Somebody more bodacious. Oh, I know who you mean. Do you think you would let us borrow it, though? Mm, well, there's only one way to find out, fellas. Well, let's get him on the phone. Hope he answers. Mm-hmm. Bill, is that you? Hey, Ted, it's Gary, Luke, and Tim from the RIP to our podcast. Dudes, what what's wrong, Ted? You sounded a bit um, sounded a bit panicked when uh, when I spoke to you there. Bill is missing, and I haven't been able to find my dude. No way, dude. I'm thinking he went back in time to some of the past Halloween Horror Nights because we've been totally canned from our show. Ted, what can we do to help? I need you dudes to go look for him. That's why we called, dude. We want to borrow the phone booth to go back in time to the past HHN events. We can kill two birds with one stone and go back to HHN and help you find Bill. That's wild, my podcast dudes. Right, guys, he has a plan. We borrow the phone booth. 
we head back to the very first HHN in 91, which is obviously Fright Nights, find out as much as we can about the event for the show whilst looking for Bill, and then repeat that until we get to the last Horror Nights and hope we, we do find Bill. Does that sound good? That would be most excellent, dudes. I'll drop in now and then for an update. Until then, party on, dudes! Party on, Ted! So, guys, the we have got the phone booth. How cool is that? Let's go. This is awesome. Let's do it. He's letting us right. borrow it for free, rent free. Do we have to lease it or anything? I mean, I well, hope he's left it. I hope he's left an instruction guide or, or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we do have to help him find Bill, though. Yeah, that's true. We got to focus on that. But I mean, we can get some HHN info while we while we do that. Easy. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, guys, should we uh, should we hop into the phone booth and and head back to Fright Nights? Let's yeah, go. I hope, two, I hope you two both took showers. Oh, maybe not. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> also, guys, guys, bring your masks. Of course. Yeah. Yes, mask Just up. In. Mask up. I mean, because we, <laughs> we, can't, we can't socially distance inside a phone booth, but at least we can wear masks. Yeah, we don't want to bring this the, is true. the Rona back in time. Good call. <laughs> right, guys, let's go. Universal Orlando opened on June 7th, 1990 under the name Universal Studios Florida. It was built in direct competition with Disney's then MGM Studios. Attendance in the first year was low due to three of their headliner attractions, Jaws, Confrontation and Disaster, constantly breaking down. I think about, you know, that studio, of course now everything's shut, but when it opened, you know, how much money they lost. I, I remember the finance guy saying it would take 10, 15 years just to even make a profit over there. Nothing worked, you know, and they were giving out more tickets to come back. And when Fright Nights happened and they saw all these people show up, I think it was the first time they actually smiled about this now called Orlando <laughs> Resort because people were coming. And, you know, all of a sudden it had a different flavor because people were saying this is a really cool place. So Universal Studios Florida, however, managed to increase guest levels in the summer months with the hit movie Back to the Future opening as a ride which has now been rethemed to a Simpsons attraction. During the slower fall months, Universal was trying to think of ways to keep the parks busy. Jay Stein, who at the time was CEO of Universal Parks and Resorts, entrusted young creative director Julie Zimmerman to create a Halloween event. That Halloween event is still going on 30 years later. Universal's Halloween Horror Night started many years ago, but it was not the event that we know today. It went by a different name, which was Universal Studios Fright Nights. Fright Nights hosted its very first event in the fall of 1991 with the tagline, Dying for a good Halloween party. Advertising for the event, they featured the classic Universal monsters. The artwork featured the Wolfman, Bride of Frankenstein, Frankenstein himself, Dracula, Creature from the Black Lagoon, and the Mummy. If you've seen the logo, you might realize Dracula did not strike a good resemblance to Bela Lugosi's character from the hit movie. Universal had issues with the Lugosi family obtaining the rights to use his likeness. The first event would be held over three nights on October the 25th, 26th and the 31st, which was Halloween, and a ticket would cost $12.95, a special offer of $7.95 for daytime park guests. Gates opened at 6pm each night until midnight. Fright Nights operated just one haunted house in its first year titled Dungeon of Terror. Universal opened the new Jaws attraction, but when the ride kept breaking down, they delayed the opening of the ride. The extended queue was sitting empty and a perfect location for a haunted house. We spoke to Julie Zimmerman 
said it's still to this day one of the scariest houses she's been in. Here's a clip from our interview with her. It is. It was. Uh, the first year of Dungeon of Terror was just... Uh, it was dark. It was slimy. It was grimy. It it had... You know, we had more... You know, now, of course, everything changes how much interaction the actors, characters have with the guests. But in those days, it was you were very close. So... You know, we had the creature from the Black Lagoon actually touch somebody's leg as he came out of the water. And we had our rat lady there. And, and just it was just it was a different vibe. You know, of course, we didn't have to get as many people through as they do now. But it was it was scary from the minute forever hallway. It, it scared you to death. It was dark and oh, it was dank in there. I mean, it was just scary. <laughs> if you want to know more about the creation, background and running of the event, be sure to listen to our whole interview with Julie, which is on our podcast feed. Reportedly, the line reached three hours long each night, wrapping all the way back to the Amity area of the Jaws ride. The facade of the house was a huge castle wall with a caged woman hanging on the top, and it also had scare actors above yelling at guests down below. When speaking with Julie, she mentioned the house took between 10 and 12 minutes to get through. The house is played with a multitude of fears, including a huge six-foot spider hanging above you in the first room, a homicidal maniac, a scare actor hidden inside a coffin, another actor would dump slime on you, and you'd cross a bridge of water where a gill man would grab a guest's feet from below. The first thing you saw on your right was the dude in the coffin, I call him, and um, which, you know, you got a guy right in front of you opening the coffin. Now, we couldn't do that now if our life depended on it. But um, and then you went into the asylum, which was just that was where we had Hannibal Lecter and, you know, every kook was in there and they were good. They were running around. Yeah. So at every turn you went, you had somebody who was scaring the hell out of you. And I mean, they could reach out and touch you again. Now, you, you got to mm -hmm. understand that can't happen anymore. But so it's scary because this guy's face would be. Oh and my as gosh. You, yeah. And as you wandered through, you know, those those were just much what it was, was a sense of intimacy. I guess mm -hmm. I could use that word. Um, and you you sort of got in and out of there in 12 minutes. But it was sort of like everything kept moving you to get the hell out of there. You know, there was a, yeah. there were doors you could open to see if it was going to get to the next room. And it wasn't. It was, you know, a monster coming at you. I mean, it was sort of oh, it was wow. very, very wow. much where. In the middle, you didn't know what the hell was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Because you could, you know, at one point you're like, how do I get out? Will I ever get out of here is how I felt. Before you reached the end of the house, guests would walk over the rat lady's glass coffin with her scratching the glass and screaming to get out. You'd come face to face with some movie monsters such as Predator, Hannibal Lecter, Chucky, and Dracula. Although that was the only house that year Fright Nights had to offer, they had 20, yes, 20 other shows and sideshows to keep guests entertained throughout the night. Let's dive in and discuss what was there. The first show was located outside the New York Library. First up was Beetlejuice Dead in Concert, featuring the Ghostbusters. As titled, the show featured Beetlejuice being his wacky self singing parody songs. The Ghostbusters would interrupt his singing and perform their own songs and dance routine. The show ended with them leaving backstage in the Ecto-1. Next up was Chainsaw Massacre, located just outside of Sting Alley. This show featured chainsaw-wielding maniacs sacrificing guests live on stage. They would then throw the remains of the guests who were sacrificed into the crowd using plastic body parts and water for blood. The human pincushion, located inside Gramercy Park, was a performer who stuck needles in himself. Magical Mania, which we couldn't find any information on, was located in Delancey Street in the New York area. 
Madame Cuzel, gypsy fortune teller who was also located on the Delancey Street. We couldn't find any information on her, but we assumed by the name, guests could pay for their fortunes to be told. Cobra Woman, located at the end of Delancey Street next to Soundstage 44. Again, there was little information on this, but by the name we guessed the show was a snake charmer or some show based around cobras. Dragon Breath was located in New York across from Louis' Italian restaurant. In case you couldn't tell by the name, it featured a contortionist who would spit fire. Star Shower and Monster Mash Dance with Paul Revere and the Raiders. Located on the stage of Mel's Dying, Star Shower was a kind of warm-up pre-show to the Monster Dash Dance with Paul Revere and the Raiders. Paul Revere and the Raiders were an American pop runk band during the 60s and 70s, singing some of the most popular songs and ending it with their version of Monster Mash. Thunderdome, which was located in Hollywood, was about a queen of darkness who would sacrifice someone in the audience for Fright Nights. She would open with a monologue dedicated to the event and follow with dipping the audience member in acid and only a skeleton left. The Munster Mardi Gras costume contest was located in front of Mel's Die-In. It was available to children who attended who were held backstage from 5pm until 7.30pm. It's what it says in the title, it was a costume contest. Prince Dragon. Located in Amity, a little to the left of Dungeon of Terror, not much is known about this show other than that it returned to the event unofficially during their third year. Iron Belly, located in San Francisco right by the entrance to Amity, was a classic sword swallower performer. A man covered in tattoos with his assistant would swallow swords, eat fire, and a whole assortment of crazy items. Dr. Frankenstein's Theater, featuring Mistress of the Night, Frankenstein, and Dracula, was located in the American Tail Theater, which later would become the home to Beetlejuice's Graveyard Review. Hosted by the Mistress of the Night, the show would feature clips from classic Munster movies with the Munsters themselves coming out to greet you in person. The Human Impaler. Located in front of Richter's Burgers in San Francisco, Featured a man doing wild knife-throwing tricks. The Gravediggers were a punk rock band located in front of the World Expo near where the train prop was. They also had two characters named Laurel and Hardy who would entertain the guests before and during the shows. The Pentragons, located in the Animal Actors stage, were a couple who would do magic tricks like levitating the other, escaping chained up boxes, and even catching a bullet in their teeth. This was also the first show to be held in the Animal Actors stage. The Universal Science Band was a group of employees of Universal who would play an assortment of different instruments, located in front of the Animal Actors stage in the World Expo. They played songs along the lines of the Monster Mash. Last but definitely not least is Beetlejuice Graveyard Tours. Located in front of Bates Motel was a musical show about the Blues Brothers who ran out of gas in front of the Bates Motel. They then offered Norman Bates to do a concert in front of the hotel if they can spend the night. Moments later, Beetlejuice hops out of a grave to summon all kinds of monsters to do some dance numbers and perform songs. So that's going to be it, guys, for the time traveling today. Let's head into the phone booth, get back to 2020, and discuss the event. Right, guys, so now we have talked about the event in an audiobook style. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, again, it's a, it's a first for us. We want to try something different. Now it is time to discuss the event, everything about it. So, guys, what did you think about the prices back then? I wish the tickets would look like that nowadays. Oh, my God. <laughs> $12.95, and we pay, what do we pay, Luke, for the 130 like, Yeah, I was going to say, like, what, anywhere between $125, $135, like, oh, I guess, yeah. over the past few years. So Even, like, a day ticket, because back then you had to pay... 
you know, per nice. night. Mm-hmm. That's what's true. A, what's a d- ticket now? Like sixty sixty dollars? Yeah, sixty seven more, right? Yeah. I know Saturday nights are like eighty bucks and then Thursday yeah. nights are sixty or something like that. Man, inflation. So that's quite <laughs> quite a difference, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even even then if you are, you know, a daytime guest and they didn't do stain screen back then, you could still get the that special offer of seven ninety five, which wow. That's like the cost of a butter beer. For real, dude. That's a cost of <laughs> I mean, that's a cost of any drink, and you just be like, oh sweet, I'm just gonna go to this. Going to horror nights or fright nights. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the the prices were were awesome back then, but again, you know, this was the first time that Universal Orlando had done horror nights. They had touched in Halloween on on past Halloween events um before horror nights like fright nights started. Um, but this was the first time they did anything like that on the East Coast. So, I mean, they can get away with charging that much now because of how popular their event is. But oh, yeah. imagine well, if they charged like a huge premium for an event that nobody had heard of, you know, you know would, would people come? You know what? Now just realizing this. So if you were the guest for the day and let's just say you pay that seven we'll just we're just going to call it eight bucks, right? If it's eight bucks for one house because they only had one house, correct? Yeah. So we have about we've had ten houses now for the last couple of years. Oh yeah. Eight, bu- that's eight yeah. bucks. Eight bucks a house. There you so, go. Yeah. I mean, quick maths. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Just kind of out. You know. Obviously, this was you know almost what thirty years ago, but uh, but still pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It would be it would be interesting to to see what twelve dollars or, or eight dollars now is actually converted into day's money with the actual inflation to see how much it would would be to compare to yeah to now um might have to have to do that soon just just for my own but when you when you work at it like that tim 10 houses in yep. divide it it's not really bad money i mean we are spoiled now in the terms of halloween horror nights we do i think we do get a lot of value you know, for the money. Oh yeah, that that we do pay. If you well, look at the likes of um, Mickey's not so scary and that sort of thing. Yeah, because I mean, especially with like passes. I mean, think about it. So I think do all three of us do frequent fear plus, right? Even you do that, Gary, right? Yeah, a couple of years I got the um, what's the next one up? The ultimate ultimate one that includes oh. Saturdays. Yeah, the ultimate one includes like every day, isn't it? Yeah. That's that one. Yeah. I had that one year too, but um, yeah, I mean, with the Frequent Fear Plus, you get every day of the event except Saturdays in between because you get the first Saturday weekend and you get the last Saturday weekend. Mm-hmm. So you're really only missing just a few days from that. But if you think about it, so let's say 130 bucks, you go twice. You're already making money. You've already made, you, yeah, like you've made it. Like you've just made your pass that much worthwhile. So oh, yeah. that's why, yeah, that's why it's so good as a Florida resident, uh, or I mean, any resident. It doesn't matter. You know, if you buy that pass, if you know you're going multiple nights, yeah, it is so definitely like, the 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 bang for your buck. Yeah, if it's like one forty, and I went twenty two nights last last year, that's six dollars and thirty six cents a night. That's crazy. That is Which is less than the seven ninety five. Yeah, the original. <laughs> from so they've gone down. <laughs> so, and, and I think Universal are quite smart how they play this because they know 
people with passes are going to spend money once in the park, oh, yeah. whether it be, you know, merchandise, food, drink, even, you know, bottled water and, and some pizza fries. If you if you buy water and pizza fries every time you go, that's still money mm-hmm. in their pocket, which, which helps towards the discount that they give you. So the, the passes that they do now, I think, are a phenomenal, like, value for money. Yeah, totally. But um, like you said, Tim, we only had one house that year, and it was Dungeon of Terror. So when we first launched the podcast, we did speak to the co-creator of our nights, Julie Zimmerman, who who you will have heard throughout this episode, um, clips that we've put in. And um, she talked us through it, and it seems like a pretty awesome house, which I really would love to have gone through. Oh my gosh, yeah. I would hope they would bring something similar like it back one year. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, it was on the spec map at some point, wasn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. But I, I think um, in, in part of what Julie said was some of the stuff that they did, you would not be able to get away with now. Oh, yeah. like I, Especially with all the IP characters that she was saying they had in that house. I feel like that would just be difficult to bring, I don't know, a bunch of characters yeah. together in one house that all have lawyers behind them <laughs> yeah i mean they also had scare actors touching guests like grabbing yeah. them and stuff oh, like yeah. that which which is a big no-no now so um I, I think if they were going to bring dungeon of terror back i would want the the 100 percent og experience i wouldn't want a 2020 version of it if that makes sense i would just want the the real Agreed. the real terror yes totally yeah yeah. If we could just go but, um, time. <laughs> <laughs> imagine. Um but if you know, imagine now if we went to Horror Nights and you just had one house, imagine what the lines would be like. Oh my gosh. Ridiculous. Well, I mean, it was super long back then, so I mean uh, we deal That's with what them. I'm getting at. So mm-hmm. it, it reached around three hours each night to get into that house. Yeah, so I mean uh, we deal with some pretty crazy hours and time frames here uh, yeah. when we get the, the big IP houses, I feel. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, what have we seen? We've seen up to like 180 minutes, right? I remember 240 for American Horror Story one Oh, day. there you go. Yeah, 240. That's crazy. God. Jesus. Yeah, that was insane. That was the first year of American Horror Story. So that's, I mean, that's, I four, think, hour, that's four hour wait right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the most I've waited is 90 minutes, I think, and that was for Stranger Things. Which isn't oh, understand. understandable for you. Yeah, I mean, I do, for somebody who who is, a, is, a, is probably classed as a tourist, even though, like, I class myself as, like, a fake American, um, I do spend a lot of time at Horror Nights, so it's not as bad waiting in the lines because if I only get to do two houses at night, I've got, like, another, what, seven, eight nights I can still go. Yeah. Um, but I understand, you know, those people who get the one day tickets and just there once waiting for 90 minutes and then coming out and not having enough time to do the rest of the stuff. Like you see people who like prioritize certain sections of the park or certain scare zones or houses. Um, and it, 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 it's proven now that you, it is hard without express to get everything done in one night. Oh yeah. Especially those soundstage houses. Oh yeah. Yeah, because you could get well, lucky with those nights where you can hit every house, just walk on, no express, but then you get those nights where it's you'll hit one or two houses if you're lucky. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's got worse in the past few years with like the Stranger Things crowd coming in. Um, I think that's bumped up the rest of the the lines for the rest of the houses quite a bit. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. But speaking of, of that now, um, you know, Julie told us that the house was between, you know, 10, 12, 15 minutes long. Um, I don't think we actually get that these days. What What's some memorable long houses that you've been through? I remember the first year I went, 24, they had, it was one of their, they were announcing it, the Walking Dead house was their longest house they've ever had, which I think was about seven minutes, if I remember. Right. So I remember that was one of their longest ones in a while. I'm not sure if they've had any other house longer than that. Wasn't uh, uh, which which version of American Horror Story? Because wasn't that like supposed to be I like felt, a super? I house? felt number two long. was pretty long. Yeah, yeah, maybe it was two. That one felt kind of long. I felt like I was in there quite a long time, but I mean, it would be pretty cool to start a stopwatch as soon as you enter the house. You yeah. know, just to see how long you're actually in the house for. That would be a cool thing to do. Yeah, we could do that next time. Yeah, I actually did that with yeah. the Walking Dead house. That's why, because they were announcing it. Oh, it's their longest house. So I was like, okay, well, I want to time it. But yeah, I can't really <laughs> remember. It was like around seven minutes. Which is pretty long to be inside a haunted house. Oh, yeah. To be fair. But like 10 to 12 minutes. That's, that, uh, that's, that's an experience. pretty intense. I'll, I'll take that for every house. Yeah. Yeah. Now, some of the stuff that Julie told us about, you know, inside this house, you know, you, I'm just reading reading the notes off what we read before. Um, you know, a six foot hanging spider, a homicidal maniac, a scare actor hidden inside a coffin. Oh my god! Another one would dump slime on 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 top of you, which again, I doubt you would highly see. Oh yeah. In today's today's events, um, and this this is the bit that I would love to see because if you remember Tim, um. I had a similar sort of suggestion for the creature of the Black Lagoon house in the Munster's house in where you cross a bridge of water and a gill man would grab guests' feet from below. Oh, my gosh. Um, That'd be incredible. And when, we actually, and when we actually spoke to Julie, she said that the guy was, was in the water, which sounds pretty amazing because you, 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 when you say water now, it tends to just be effects. I don't think you would get a scare actor yeah. you know, hiding in water. Oh, no. Heck no. So when it says Gilman, I'm assuming that's like a a, a lower budget yeah. creature. Yeah, of course. <laughs> maybe they they couldn't quite get the uh, even though it's a universal thing, they couldn't maybe get that to work. But um, it, it should, should label it as Gilman. But I think that would be pretty cool to walk across a bridge. It's the, the scare actor gets you from below. Oh yeah. Um, and that the had, I mean, the house just sounds phenomenal. I mean, the rat lady inside, where you you literally walked on top of her on on like like uh, plexiglass, it's like scratching to get out. How cool would that be? Yeah, that um, I'd love to see because I'm sure they had lights. I'm sure like it just lit up on you. Yeah, I'm in there, and that would have just been so cool to see. And then, like at the end, just to have. You know, such a mashup of people like Predator, Hannibal Lecter, Chucky, oh and Dracula all in one house. Yes. Like, you, you would not hear of that today, you know? Never, you know, yeah. Unless they were doing just a mashup house, but. Yeah. Don't think that. So, although there was only one house, I, I do think that house would have actually been solid. 
Oh, yeah. Plus all the shows they had, like, I think this event was probably... They easily could have charged more for bring the... Bring it back. Oh, 100%. Bring oh, yeah. it back. 100%. Bring it back. Just bring Friday Nights back. Actually. Bring it back. Actually. Bring the house back. I just want the house back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the photo that we, we saw of the facade, the facade looked awesome with the castle, with the... Um, yeah. The, the two scare actors on the top, and they had a, a woman hanging in a cage. Yeah, I think that look that that was even really cool. I mean, to build a facade like that for for an event event's first year, um, was was something like pretty special. To be fair, yeah, that's another thing I love too about this facade and that Horror Nights does is whenever they have characters with the facade, because I think that just helps with the vibe and the atmosphere so much. Yeah, going into a house. So although Fright Nights only had one um, haunted house that year, we did have 19 shows and sideshows. We did obviously read them out earlier to give you a little bit of information about them. Um, but now let's have a little bit discussion and talk about some of the most notable ones, um, which would have been pretty cool to see. So for me, it probably would have been Beetlejuice Dead in Concert. I think that would have been a real cool one to see. Absolutely, because the Ghostbusters were involved. Yeah, that's that's if if you want a mashup show, that's pretty oh, much yeah. the 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 collab that you want to happen, isn't it? Yeah, that yeah. one. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There is, I think that there is a video of that actually on YouTube, but I don't think it's the bit where the Ghostbusters turn up. I cannot remember. Mm. Um, but from what I saw, it looked it did look pretty cool. Um, and it to me the the way that that it, the description was before. You know where it says um, his wacky self singing parody songs. I think it's going to be on the same sort of trail as Bill and Ted, but obviously Beetlejuice, if that yeah. makes sense. You know, like his persona, and but I think it's cool how they've, they've tied in um, the Ghostbusters because you know Beetlejuice, you know, ghost dead. Um, so I think it's pretty cool how they've they've tied both of them properties in together. Oh yeah, yeah, and they had the Ecto one. Yep, What's wrong with that. Which sadly you don't see in the which, park anymore. No. Which is so God, what a missed opportunity they had to put right. that out in front of that house. Oh my god. Yeah. The the facade should have easily been the outside of the fire station with Ecto one parked right next to oh, it. Right. That would have been so good. So Sorry. what other shows do you think, guys? Which which what ones would you have liked to see? Tim? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Um I think the uh, the monster Marty the monster oh my god <laughs> <laughs> the monster Mardi Gras costume contest would have been yeah. kind of cool to see. Um, I mean, it's just basically your just regular old Halloween costume contest, and I just love. I think that's just a lot of fun. So I think that would be yeah. Cool. Oh yeah, classic Halloween. Yeah, 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 and it was pretty cool that the kids could go there as well. Um, that's something that obviously you don't see now. The kid because mm-hmm. obviously the the title disc back then, that's, I mean, they're still saying now it's not, not like recommended for kids, but it was cool that they actually did something, you know, for kids there. Yeah. At the event, like catered towards them. Um, yep. Yeah. So, so Luke. I would have loved to see the Beetlejuice graveyard tours. Ooh. I had a feeling you were going to say that. That one just, I don't know, Beetlejuice, Blues Brothers, Norman Bates. Come on. You just all yeah, these kind of cool too. All these characters, yeah, and it was on the set of uh, the Psycho House too. So, yeah, that just would have been awesome to watch that, and then they just do some dance numbers and you know sing some songs. Can't so I remember from 
from Julie's um, interview when we spoke to her, she mentioned that they, they built the um, they built things on the hills for scare actors to hide in. Remember, she was saying that the the scare actors would would dive oh, yeah. out. Yeah. Um, so I think, like you know, although it's like a sing and dancing show, I think it would have been cool as well to have the scary aspect. Oh yeah. And again, Fright Night seemed to be the ultimate yeah for mashups. I mean. You know, Beetlejuice again with with Norman Bates mm-hmm. jumped in with the Blues Brothers as well, which I think, yeah, I just think that would be awesome. Just, to me, that's just classic Universal. Yeah, just throwing all their properties together and making it work. Yeah, and, and I also, I also, oh, sorry, Tim. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was, I was going to totally change the subject. So, <laughs> no, I was just going to say, like, for the like the and speaking of classic, let's not forget Doctor Frankenstein's theater. Oh yeah, where all the classic yeah. uh, monsters are, were going to be, um, and I guess that was called the American Tail Theater back in the day, which is where uh, Beetlejuice's Graveyard Review was. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, how cool is this? You know, checking out classic monster movies and the monsters themselves just you know showing up. I think that's awesome, right? Yeah, I mean, I I would like to see the um, the Grave Diggers as well. That, you know, apart from Academy of Villains, you know, Ooh, you yeah. don't really get like live music. It would be pretty cool to see. Yeah. You know, I know you you like your punk rock, Tim, so it would be pretty cool to see it. Uh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. You know, just, you know, just chill out with a beer and just, just watch the shows if, as if Academy yeah. of Villains were on the streets type of thing. Yeah. You know, cool. you, could, you could just walk past for 10 minutes, grab a beer and, and not have to wait. I think that that would be really cool as well. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that was another top one for me too because I'm just like, punk rock band at Horror Nights? Sure. Count me in. I mean, you look at this list. There is a lot of cool shows that happened back then. I mean, okay, first of all, 19 shows. That's just crazy. Um, but like Sword Swallowing, uh, Eating Fire, you know, like classic. Cushion. Yeah, like just classic stuff. And I wish like a lot of that kind of stuff would like be brought back. Yeah, I mean, because then th- there was no scare zones, you know. So these right. really were the scare zones a fright night so yeah. to me i think i would rather see a mix of scare zones and little side shows i think that would be pretty cool that would be um sick. you know maybe drop it to maybe three scare zones and have a couple of little side shows i think that would be really cool yeah that's yeah. like um when i first started getting into the event back in i think it was 21 22 they used to have these drummers on this big thing out just kind of roaming around with the scare zones. I don't know yeah. if he remembers that, but I'm like, that would be awesome just to be hanging out in a scare zone and watching a show kind of like Academy of Villains. Yeah. Cause even like, you know, they had the, you know, they had the grave diggers. There was also like a band, you know, like we said before the universal science band, which was a group of actually team members playing different instruments. I mean, even that's cool. I know it's yeah, not really, sure. you know, Halloween themed. I know it said it went along the lines of the Monster Mash, but just to get the team members included that little bit more, I think it's really cool. There's oh, yeah. one there's one show that I really want to know about, and I think we might have to get Julie back on or at least ask her about it to find out. But we need to know more about Dr. Death. Yeah. Um I mean just the, the only, name, only the name says it all. Is it maybe is it something like a human sacrifice? I, I don't Who know. Knows? Who knows? Anybody? Any, <laughs> any of the listeners? Have you? Were you at Fright Nights? Did you see this show? I want to know. Somebody tell me. 
Yeah. So, I mean, like, 19 shows is just ridiculous. You know, the, the money that that would have cost back then as well. For the, I remember Julie saying they had a tiny budget for, for the first year. So, to, to put all of that on and mm-hmm. I've been re- right reading people's thoughts and, and, and when I've been trolling the internet looking for information for, the, for this show, people were saying that you just couldn't get everything done in one night. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's pretty much going to wrap up the discussion side of it. We do have a few, um, a couple of listener questions or a couple of listener thoughts on Fright Night. So again, guys, this is going to be something we are going to be doing every episode all the way from Fright Nights all the way to Halloween Horror Nights 29, which is the latest one at the time of recording this. Um, we want you guys to take part in the show. It's not just all us. We want to hear your thoughts you want to hear what you loved about the event that year, what you didn't like about the event. Um, you only have a minute maximum, so just tell us something. We'll play it live on the show. We'll get it edited in, um, and it's a great way for you guys to to take part in the show as well. Um, so we'll play them now. Hey there, guys. What is going on? Uh, long time no speak, so I hope everybody is doing well. Uh, wow, Fright Nights. Uh, I mean, if I had a time machine and I could go back and just do one thing and one thing only, um, I know a lot of people would probably pick Dungeon of Terror, um, just for, you know, uh, back where it all began, uh, original maze, uh, but they have done a few retellings of it, and I did see Dungeon of Terror retold at 16, so for me, I would probably go back and see a show, and I would see um, Beetlejuice's Graveyard Tours, just sounds perfect. Oh, yeah. um, you know, the Blues Brothers rocking up at the Bates Motel, Norman Bates is there, um, Beetlejuice raises monsters from the dead for a singing, dancing show. Just sounds right up my street. But yeah, super jealous if you got to do this event in person. Uh, you know, just to be a part of history, be a part of, like I said, where it all began. It is just amazing. Solid choice. That Sweet. show. Yeah. So, um, you know, Ash, Ash has been going to Horror Nights a, a lot longer than us. So he's seen a lot more than us. Um, we do need to get that guy on the show one day, though, because I'm sure he's got tons oh, yeah. of like tons of memories from the past events. I was going to oh, say, yeah. once we 100%. get to those to those events, we'll have to bring him on. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. You hear that, I'm... Ash? If you're listening, <laughs> oh, he will be listening. Hundred percent. Weirdly enough, he's just actually just text me right there. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> um, and we have one more um, caller who dialed in, and he's actually called Luke. Wait, what? Whoa. Not not. Not Luke, Luke, a different Luke. Oh, 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 oh okay, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so here's what he had to say. Hey, R.I.P. Tour, Luke here. Um, still in some sad times, I guess. Um, kind of getting over it a little bit. But uh, if I was able to attend Fright Night 1991, I feel like, you know, Dungeon of Terror just overall sounds absolutely incredible. And I would love to experience that, see it, witness it multiple times. Um, and then again, just the overall cost and probably the crowds back then. I feel like those two together just would be perfect to make an amazing night um, or multiple nights, depending on how many times you actually went um, during that time. Um, other than that, not much to say. Uh, you guys do an amazing podcast, and I definitely need to grab one of your hoodies pretty soon. So, yeah, thank you. Whoa, thank you, well, Luke. Nice yeah, to meet you. Yeah, thanks, thank Luke. You. Thank you. <laughs> So he hit the nail on the head, really, with the cost. Like mm-hmm. I know yeah. we still didn't check the inflation type thing of it, but oh yeah, that that you know, 
I just I just want those prices again. Right? <laughs> like, I don't want to spend eight dollars on a beer. I want to spend eight dollars on a ticket. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so guys, this is this is what you could be doing. You could be like taking part in this show. We could be playing your message live. Um you need to get on our Twitter. And we always post a link out before every show. We want to get as many people involved as possible. I know it's harder with the earlier shows that we're going to be doing. Um, but as the event years go, goes on, I think it'll be a lot easier for people to get involved and let us know your memories or thoughts from the event. Um, do you have anything else to add, guys? Um, just, yeah. I mean, I think fans that have been out there and listeners that if you've actually gone to the earlier events i mean we'd really appreciate it if you you know left us messages or even hit us up on twitter or oh, whatever yeah. uh what are we at rap tour podcast on twitter and instagram is that correct mm-hmm. yep i managed to get the handles changed to to sync them up to make it easier for people beautiful nice. <laughs> um so yeah if if you guys have been to these earlier events um you know especially because we we weren't there um it would be really really great and, and like love to hear stories from you guys from from these events so Oh, yeah. Anything you got. Any memories. Honestly, we just want to yep. hear about the event. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we also, yep. we also like Luke mentioned, not not Luke, Luke, the other Luke. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we, we have the merchandise. We don't make any money um, off, off the shirts. We wanted them as cheap as possible. We, we all have them. The really good quality. Um, you know, shout out to, to our designer, my design booth. She, she did an amazing job Heck on yeah. the logos. Um, and we hope to, you know, maybe soon get a couple of more designs out. But go check them out um, and tag us. We'll feature them on Instagram and Twitter if you guys are wearing them and tag us. And we really hope you enjoyed this show as much as we enjoyed putting it together. Like we said, we've, we've put tons of effort into this more than anything else we've ever done um, for, for this show-wise. It, it took us a couple of months to do all the research, check our facts. We also spoke to our friend Julie who helped us with a lot of things. So shout out to Julie again. Um, and we're hoping to to get these knocked out the park, hopefully one one a month, one every two months, that sort of yeah. thing. Um, the first one, obviously going to take us a little bit longer because we didn't know what format we wanted to do it in. We hope you enjoyed the, the audio book style format where we were just reading um, out the sort of research that we had done. Um, we thought that would be pretty cool for people, you know, going on jogs, listening in cars, that sort of thing. And then, of course, we have the podcast-style discussion at the end. So that's it, guys. We hope you enjoyed it, and we will catch you in the next one. Bye-bye. Shout-out to Ted. Bye. <laughs>